guys, welcome back to the next shot. We have a very special guest on today, one of our good, good friends, Preston Matchett, on talking about his time working with Butch back in the day when he really started becoming a great player, his ups and downs in his college career with his back injury, and a lot of other stuff that we just talk about in his professional career, things that he'd done in the past that he might have done differently. And I just hope you guys really, really enjoy this one. This was a fun conversation, so... Let us know how it how you enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review and enjoy. We'll talk with you next time. What's up, P? Welcome on, man. Thank you. Welcome aboard. Appreciate you welcome, coming welcome. in, man. It's about time you have me here. Right? We had to get we had to get the kinks out. We've been in Boston, so Boston and Maine. And Maine and all that. How was the trip? It was good. Met, a little met bit girlfriend's cooler. family and nice. It was humid. Did you play golf there? I did. Where at? How, yeah. This I course played at uh, Booth Bay something. We stayed at, we went on like a little stay vacation and got a little practice in. Nice. Yeah, there was a few guys at practice, like Lucas Glover practices there. and He just got in top, th- he took the 30th spot to get in the uh, championship. Was he number 30? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's done a lot. He hasn't, he hasn't played in 10 years. I know. Yeah, since, well, he's won the one U.S. Open. And yeah, that's yeah. about yeah. it, right? Is it Beth Page? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, won at Beth Page. Mm-hmm. When Phil had a chance. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baller. But no, trip is good. It's good to be back here, though. Yeah. Back in the heat. Gained some, gained some weight up there, so it's good to gain some weight. To lose it when I get back. Ball, <laughs> does the ball go a little shorter there? Is there uh, like... Yeah, it goes a lot. Well, it's more humid, so the ball's going to fly, but yeah, definitely shorter. I mean, it's not rolling out as much, so. How, how's yeah. the swing feeling? Swing's good. Yeah. It's good to have a little break. Body's kind of hurting, so. Yeah. It's good to be ready to roll before Q school here. And yeah, when's that? Another two weeks? Uh, yeah, 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 first week of September. First week of September, and yeah, you're and going to Nebraska? No, oh, you're going, going to North, Northern California. Switching it up. Yeah, so I played this course twice, okay. three, three times. What course? course? Yeah. Uh, I can't even remember what it's called, YOLO Flyers Club. Yeah. It's a, it's a good golf course. Short, tight. Okay. The exact course that I really don't like. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But your game, you're going to go uh, bomb it down there. Yeah. Do you like putting on those greens better over the California ones compared to like Nebraska? No, I like Nebraska greens way better. Yeah. Because growing up in Montana, the greens are the same in Nebraska, pretty much. What kind of green co- green complexes they have over I think there? Like bent, bent, bent right? greens. Yeah. 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 yeah, so they're pure. Is it Poa over in Cali where you play? Depends. I mean, Depends. a couple yeah. years ago, these, the greens died like a, two weeks before the tournament. Oh, really? Yeah, so like the year before, they were rolling like 12 on the stem, and then that year, they were rolling like seven and a half. Really? Eight, oh, wow. Eight, dead. Yeah. Wow. And so it was tough. Yeah, he shot a couple rounds under par, and then shot like a, a 76 to barely get through. Yeah. And that was just stage one, right? What's that? That was yeah. getting through stage one. Yep. Yep. So go do that here in a couple of weeks and then uh, hopefully get through. When did you, what year did you win stage one? I won stage one at PGA West in 2016. 2016, so three years ago. Yeah, feels like forever ago. Right. And there's three stages? Three. Right now. Yep. So how many people get out of stage one? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. It changes every year. Maybe yeah. 40, 40 guys, maybe. Yeah. So I think it's how, does that, how does that get decided? Is it based, based off on the of size of field? Size of field, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like every year it's either 38 or 40 guys. Okay. So, so right around that on. 35 to 40 range. Yep. Yep. So, it'll be a good week. Nice. It'll be hot. It'll be hot. It's new with you guys. Not much, man. Just yeah. trying to get this podcast rolling a little bit more and this is getting more and more people like you on here oh yeah. yep getting this is likes what, and i think episode six no this is like episode like 10 i think or yeah actually with, with some of the other Something ones like that yeah
Okay. So, so it's getting moving. going, man. Just process trying to use that summer time frame to bust out more content and mm-hmm. get some more good information out there for people to get better. I'm honored to be on the same day as Kane. Right? Yeah, I should have right gone before too. Kane and not after right? Kane. I know. <laughs> I don't have any World Series stories or anything fun like no. that. So. I mean, you do have some other stories, though. We have a lot of stories. We want to right? know. Let's, uh, let's, let's hear about some times, uh, times of Butch, Butch yeah, back, back in the day. Butch Horman. Yeah, Butch before you were in college, right? Yeah, so when I was 16, um, I was lucky enough to go down and work with Butch for a weekend. So it was what? In Vegas, two right? Two days in, in Vegas up in, in Henderson. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't start playing golf until I was 12, 13, and then just kind of picked it up really quickly. And so, yeah, and you saw him, like, so within four years? Within four years of playing, I went met, met Butch. Okay. It was, it's kind of bizarre, because when you walk into his place, it's got, he's got flags everywhere that's signed from his guys who've won. It's everywhere. Just yeah. t- tiger, a wall of tiger. Oh, it's literally a sh- tiger shrine. <laughs> yeah. But I, then I you think. also see, like, there's tour players. On all of his tours, they all have lockers. Okay. So it's really cool. Like at the time, he wasn't working. He was working with Phil. Phil had just started working with him. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I walked through, and you know, DJ's name is on there. Phil is in there. Fred Couples was there. Ernie Yells was there. Adam Scott yeah, was, was there. Adam Scott was pretty. And I walk up on the range. First person I meet is Ernie Yells. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And they, they list him at like six three, and I swear he's six seven. Really? No, he's not six seven. But he's huge. He's a big dude. Like, he's a big dude. He's Were you taller dude. at that age? Or did you hit like a growth spurt? Uh, like I was, I was about six feet, man, just under six feet tall. Yeah. So he looked gigantic yeah. at the time. <laughs> yeah. But the putting green at Butch's place, so it's right behind where you hit. Like it's within feet. Mm-hmm. And it, at that point, it was before the, uh, the U.S. Open. Okay. And so we had the greens at like 16 on the stem. Ooh. Which I had never seen 16 on yeah. the stem here. Um, I love when people see them. But these, I just, these I greens just, are fast. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try out yeah. some 16s. At your normal club, they see 10 and yeah, a half. Yeah, they see like, these greens are lightning. Or 12, 12 and a half. <laughs> They don't no. have a clue. You can't even stop the ball, basically. You tap it. 16s, if you're like, above the hole, you, you just hit everything it. off the toe. You well, yeah. Really, see, my, you can't really hit it off the center because it's going to pop. My dad taught right. me to hit off the toe when I was a kid. So the club yeah. I grew up at, I mean, the greens were lightning. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were 12 every day. Probably a lot of least. slope, though. Tons right? of slope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'd always hit it off the toe. But, um, but no long story short, I sat there and watched Ernie for, I was supposed to be putting, but I couldn't keep my yeah, eyes off Ernie Yeah, he would probably do the same. I mean, and it's funny because they call him the Big Easy, and he's got quite the... He gets mad. He gets yeah. pissed yeah. off. Yeah, that's you just don't African. see it. No, he doesn't have. He doesn't really show much on the golf course. But I think he's. he's Bet actually, you Louis the same way. He's but. spoken to that before, uh, having like an anger, anger and anxiety. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like those guys and even Spaniards. I mean, by nature, I mean they get pretty it's fired just in their up. Blood, feisty. It's probably how they get. It's probably the culture of how they grow up and. For sure. Only, I don't know that. Everybody's always like, John's but, a hothead. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. he's famous with Sergio. So All Sergio. of those guys are. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're just how you show it. You kind of express yourself that um, way. But, yeah. So, I mean, that's – I mean, honestly, that's why Butch is – you know, who he is is he can work with any personality type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he could work with me when I was just sitting there petrified as a 16-year-old trying to not shank it in his bay. <laughs> and he's got right? I mean, tiger yeah, autographs. Like, man, I could shank it right into one of these flags. And, <laughs> break the glass on it. But no, yeah. it, was, it was really, really cool. I mean, he, he told me, you know, the first meeting, he sat there, we didn't say a word for half an hour. And he just watched me hit balls and hit balls and hit balls. And, you know. Interesting. For, yeah, he's just like, go ahead and pick a club and whack go, away. Bomb it. It was a six iron. Uh-huh. I remember it pretty vividly. Six iron? Yeah. It was a six iron. It was a really hot yeah. day in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, gosh, maybe March. And it was... It was interesting. It was. I don't know if I've ever been that nervous in front of somebody. Uh, yeah, me too. And all I, I remember is he, I turned around and I, I finally just said, "What do you think?" <laughs> and he said, "What do you want to do? Where yeah. do you want to get to?" 
like, who do you want to be in, in the golf world? And, and I told him, you know, I want to play Division One golf. I told him my goals. He said, all right, well, we're going to change everything. Interesting. Because you hit it great. Like, I mean, you bomb it. As a 16-year-old, yeah. I'm sitting over, well over 300 yards. Yeah. But he, he said, that's, that swing and the way I'll shut your face, that's not going to work on mm. tour. Was it just a lot of movement? Like, well, just, like long? you know, just picking up the game so, early, or so, so late. Yeah. All my best friends who were great players in Montana at the time, you know, they had already, they were bombing it. So I, by nature, I got a strong grip. I was shorter and I hooded the face and I hit bombs just to keep you it out next it hard. to hard. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work once you get to a certain level. Yeah. Of when you're yeah, playing you tournament golf. Fairways. And you got to hit, and you got to know where the club is when you're trying to hit it straight. What did you play before golf? Just basketball? Just basketball. Yeah. That's I always it, thought yeah. I'd end up in the NBA and I learned pretty quickly that, you know, really <laughs> it wasn't going to be an theme, option. actually, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still wear my Michael Jordan jersey that's like a five-year-old around there you go yeah. no, i don't do that but a little half little half shirt a little yep. top yep i bet you look cute in it though yep right i do jump a lot then in your swing yes like you see juniors that just a jump lot. straight up there i mean yeah. i've always been able to jump pretty high i mean i i dunked a basketball the first time and pretty early on in high school uh-huh what's your vertical um, at? i don't know i mean after, my, after my back surgery I, I don't know it's not what it used to be yeah i can still dunk a basketball contrary to Popular belief, I can still dunk it to, <laughs> to still this day. Um, would you would you would you be able to dunk it if you just completely forgot about your your injury? If you were to able to just go out there and not think about your injury, do you think you'd be able to dunk it still? Take it out. Oh, I don't think about my injury at all anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And we afraid I hoop in here, I'd, I'd dunk it too, especially <laughs> if it was lower than ten feet. Uh, a lot of times, like when I've hurt when I hurt my knee, I was always afraid to to jump higher. Yeah, because I was yeah. afraid of how I was going to come down. I was always afraid to re-injure myself. That's yes, I kinda... See, but I mean, the back injury is so much different than a knee. Yeah. I mean, right, I, yeah. I, mean I remember going to the gym after my surgery, after, like a whole year later after I was healed. And then we had jump all the time. Mm -hmm. Didn't scare me. The next day it hurt Yeah, a lot of times. But mm -hmm. I, no, I mean, it was good. But yeah, I did jump a lot in the golf swing. I still kind of do. Mm -hmm. When I try to hit it hard, yeah. I mean, there's still some of that. It's like if you watch Justin Thomas, I mean, it's kind of similar. Exactly. I mean, I don't they, think that he's long ever dunked guys basketball. Too, like, yeah. But if you want to hit it further, more vertical thrust. Yep, which causes issues. I mean, what is he, five foot eight? John G Thomas? JT? Yeah, how, old is, how tall is JT? Yeah, he's not very tall. Somewhere he's like around five, eight, 145 pounds. He's not dunking a basketball. No, he's going to have a hard time. He can jump pretty high, though, I think, yeah. for how yeah. small he is. Although I've never asked him to jump, but, you know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just judging off that golf swing of his. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So you rebuilt your swing with Butch? You just rebuilt said, it. Yeah. yeah. To play, did he explain why? Like, if you want to get to – PJ Tour or D D D1, whatever it be. He just like, said, if you want to be the best version of who you're going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clear if you're going to play, want to play Division One golf, mm -hmm. you want to play on the PJ Tour. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. it's pretty, it's pretty pathway. Like, I yeah. mean, even kids who can't even play Division One golf, they still think they can be on the PJ mm -hmm. Tour. Yeah. yeah. So he knew, and he pretty much just said, you know, we got to change. One, we're going to change your grip. Got to make it weaker mm -hmm. in the left hand. Yep. Um, fix the face first. But two, that 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 does yeah. fix the face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't take me long. It, it took me like a month. Oh wow. Yeah, I was, it was really surprised. You know, once I actually committed to it, it took a month. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was just it was more gaining the distance back mm -hmm. was the hardest part at 16. Yeah, because you're still developing it as an athlete at that point in time and, yep. and taking away a good amount of, of D-Lar and yeah. power source of having the clean right. face shut, so that makes sense for sure. Yep. So it was cool. I mean, to this day, I mean, Butch is I mean, still the coolest. Hearing the Tiger stories and – the Phil stories. So he's funny. pretty laid back. Butch, oh yeah, yeah. coolest guy. We play the next day, and he's got game too. I mean, people don't yeah, realize how good of a player Butch. A lot of these coaches now, they're they're not great players. 
I mean, a lot of them can't break 80. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, true. they just don't play the stop playing. Really, even like, but a lot of them just simply weren't good enough. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's true. And but Butch was one of those guys that was he was good enough. Yeah, I mean, he won on I think he won on the PJ Tour in Canada. He, play, he played for sure. I think he might have won a Canadian event. I think, I think so. I think he won by his remember. pitching motion on chipping, like his short game stuff. It's that John it's, Jacobs. It's life, that man. Jacob stuff. It's like when Craig does it. Like you can just see the motion. Mm -hmm. He hasn't touched a club in forever. Yeah, and, and then you could just see one practice swing, and you're like, wow. Craig yeah, suffers vertigo, and he takes that cane out, and he just puts it back, and I'm like. Watching him take this cane, I'm like, that's perfect. It's beautiful, right? It's mm -hmm. perfect. And, yeah. he's, and he's doing it with a cane, and he can, I'm holding up on on his backside of his yeah. trousers right. just so he can show the show a player. And, like, him and Butch, I guarantee, just had battles back in the day when they were coaching together. Yeah, for sure. Chipping battles? Just pitched golf every, battles. Everything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're both Craig impressive. Was a, mm -hmm. Craig was a player back in the day. I mean, he might have been better than Butch from what I've heard. He know, probably, Craig, he'll tell you he Craig, was. Craig would, he would tell you. <laughs> he'll tell you that he's better than Butch. Yep, for sure. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> but it's it, it's funny, like, the principles at Butch's place, and, you know, Bunk could probably tell you that, too, oh, yeah. is every guy teaches this was very similar system? stuff. Kind of There's a system, but yeah. Butch is not a guy that has a set system. He's got right. beliefs, but yeah. he's not like your Sean Foley's or your Hank Haney's. Yeah. Because better Butch understands that whatever you come in with, he believes you've got a golfing DNA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of coach Like, you can't teach. Haney's swing, you couldn't teach some guys based on physical limitations, length of arms, height, length of torso, legs, um, what you're born with. Yeah. And so Butch won't change that. Like Dustin Johnson, he can't teach that golf swing. No. No. But it works, for, it works for him. So all he's trying to do is make Dustin efficient. The conversation that I had when he came in, it's like if we change your wrist angle at the top of your golf swing and get it to be neutral, you might never know who Dustin Johnson is. You'll never play golf again. Yeah. Potentially. And that's why Butch is so great. Yeah. That's why you look at – I mean, Sean's had great players. Yeah. So was Haney. They've all had great players. But Butch, is he's the guy. Yeah. It's just how, a lot of it goes into how you communicate with the players and how uh, – It's like Jimmy Walker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How you talk to him. He changed nothing with Jimmy, really. Jimmy's all he got him, pure, though. All he, got to do, all he did was make him believe that he could win on tour, and then he won, what, like 12 events? Yeah. In right. a major? In a major. What do you win the Masters? You no, he won the PGA. PGA. PGA, that's right. Yeah, he won the PGA. PGA in like 2016 or 17 or something. Yeah, it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it kind of fixes the face. Would you, so, were you able to hit better, more shots then? Like different strategies? Oh, yeah, of course. When you switched after a month? Yeah, I mean, I was able to do a lot with I mean, the golf ball, but it was still hard. It was more of like a... You know, at that point, I had a two-way miss, and I think every good player goes through a two-way miss phase, even... Yep whether you're 16 or 25 or 35 or 50 creeps like, into any point it's gonna happen career, yeah. and it's it's more of about you know how do i have that one golf shot that i can hit and so butch helped me create that one golf shot which was a high high fade yep and to this day i can still that's still your shot today i can hit aim way left hit a high i mean i'll hit a high slice just to try to get the fairway mm -hmm. and you can still hit that thing over 300 yards pretty easily too yeah but i mean if it doesn't <laughs> go 300 yards and i miss it it's still in the fairway it's still in play, yeah, it's in play. It's down there mm -hmm. and i mean that's you both have seen it when i'm hitting it both ways you know it's really really hard to play good golf yeah and i almost got through q school one year hitting it both ways yeah and i didn't <laughs> and that was the year i met you guys yeah it was yep. uh that was that was a really hard deal I mean, at Q School, I mean, that, I think that, in that, that uh, was in 2017. 17, in that second stage. I mean, I opened with like 66, then shot around a 75 and 74, and then 67. Mm -hmm. In those two middle rounds, I had no idea where the ball was going. Yeah, it makes it really tough. To it's like, I'm going to aim right and hit a draw, and then all of a sudden you block it. And then you're 40 <laughs> yeah, yards exactly. right. Yeah, exactly. And you don't know 
you're just so confused. Yeah, right at that point in time, you're getting kind of back in that old tendency that Butch was talking to you about. You're getting a little bit too shut and straight. Too shut. Mm-hmm. Way too shut. And then that was getting you to reroute it underneath and either hit the big blocks or can potentially snap hook it. Right. So, but, so I could, but I can't see that. Man, it's yeah. like when you're in the middle of a golf tournament, you can't sit on your – so many guys sit on their phones nowadays – you know, they're at 6.30 tea time, and they're sitting there taking videos on their phone at 6.15 in the morning. You're not playing golf no, at that point. Yeah. I can barely function dude, at 6.15 yeah. in the morning at a tournament. <laughs> yeah. Let you're alone getting, trying you're to break coffee, down. dude. You know? uh, any guy who can sh- go shoot below, under par doing videos before, I mean, that's impressive. I mean, that's kind of like how it. I would say Justin Rose appears to be. Is yeah, that very he's constantly analytical. Working on positions, working on his swing, and then you see guys that Butch works with and Claude works with, like players like yourself, go out there and they look like they're playing golf. Mm-hmm. They're not looking like they're trying to ma- manufacture a golf swing. Which is probably why Rosie has. I think that's why he has issues. Ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Like I mean, you're gonna have ups and downs, but yeah. you know the the guys who play golf can get out of those really fast mm-hmm. compared to the guys who. Because the golf swing is just yeah. positions. a small piece. It doesn't of the look puzzle. very free. Like he's just trying to manipulate, try and hit these shots, fades now. It looks stressful, right? Toward, yeah, and it's I'm like, man, it just looks hard. It looks like a lot of hard work. Yeah, we just don't have feel. Yeah, and that's another thing that Bush told me. Like the story about Tiger is probably the coolest story I have from Bush. Well, maybe not the coolest, but the most interesting story. Them, up there. You know, from in the game of golf with Tiger is he said that Tiger uses three different grips when he chips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll use a 10-finger grip, overlap, interlock. He'll hit this pitch shot or chip shot, and you could say, hey, Tiger, you know, tell me about that shot you just hit. What grip did you use? He, he can't even tell you. Just he's so feel-oriented, he doesn't even think about it. Whatever yeah. feels right for that shot, I mean, he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Weaker, and, yeah, because I know short shots, he likes to weaken it because you get the face open easier. Yeah. You know, just weaken it up, bunker shots. But that's all Bunker feel. shots and flop shots, yeah. He doesn't have mm-hmm. a book that he looks, okay, it's a flop shot. I got to weaken my my right. yeah. like he's just feeling my, the club uh, card. yeah exactly so yeah yes, he's a he's an exception he's to the, I think he's Jack really Jack did it similarly though like when you hear Jack talk mm-hmm. about how he hit golf shots and yeah. Jack used to change his grip on putts like hole per hole yeah. he used to change how he held the golf club completely mm-hmm. and it was just predicated on what felt right at the time yeah it's funny and everybody yeah. just like oh we there's no cookie cutter way to do any of it so that's pretty cool whatever you feel for that time mm-hmm. as funny as it sounds jack is one of the most underrated golfers ever yeah as weird as that probably sounds mm-hmm. being the goat yeah people still say he's the greatest of ever but they say you wouldn't even thrive today and wouldn't win today he's got a lot of second place 18 finishes 18 or 19 yeah in majors. majors yeah in just majors in just majors yeah, the tiger's got a lot too yeah i mean mm-hmm. come on He's got a ton. I know what. Tiger is obviously the best I've ever seen. I didn't get to see Jack. I didn't playing, see Jack so. a whole lot, just videos and mm-hmm. replays and stuff like that. Yeah. It's where Golden Bear fades. But he didn't. I don't think he ever hit draws really ever. No, he's always more of a fade player. Just, no idea. I don't know what he did younger. Yeah, Alex would probably know because he studies his golf swing so much as a young Jack and an old Jack. Yeah, to where he just, boom, fades, fades, aim left, fade, fade, fade. Yep. To where, yeah, if you're confident in it, with it and just hit fades. Yep. Going after it. How about, so then you played at Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was going, just, going past, you worked with Butch. How long were you or with, with you? Uh, when you were 16. I was with to, Butch pretty much until I had back surgery in college. That was when you were 22? Uh, no, I was, it was uh, two weeks before I turned 19. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so going into my... 
No, I lied. Two weeks before I turned 20. Okay. It was going into my junior year of college. And so, in the, yeah. In the back, the because you had a fusion on the back. Yeah, yeah. Same, then, same surgery Tiger had. I think it's okay. the same levels, too. Um, yeah, it was interesting. So, I, yeah, I went to Seattle. I was under-recruited pretty much out of high school. I just starting so late. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, starting at 12. I, mean. I had... I mean, at that time, they didn't recruit Montana kids. You can find the same kid in California 10 miles from campus. Yeah. Why would they recruit a kid who's going to come, yeah, no reason to come down mm-hmm. and pr- maybe get homesick? Mm-hmm. You can find the same kid who's played those greens, played probably bigger tournaments. Yep. And so for me, it sucked because I heard the word no so many times mm-hmm. as a 17-year-old kid. You know, thank God for my parents. You know, I didn't break me down. You know, yeah. so they said somebody's gonna pick you up, and so I got a phone call from the Seattle U coach after uh, Junior America's Cup, where I played with Patrick Cantley. Okay, all right. For the first two rounds, um, got a phone call from the Seattle U coach. I was getting recruited by a few other schools in the Pacific Northwest. He said, "Hey, it's a coach from Seattle University. Like, you want to come visit?" What is Seattle University? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How's that golf team cool. like? That's why I said, yeah, I go, like, what, what is this place? He goes, well, Division One. Yeah, he's like, we're the only team, and like in Glory Road, the movie is like that basketball team. The only game they lost was the Seattle U that year. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I still don't. That's know. That's your trying to play. Yeah, you yeah, no sold me. But I went on a visit, and they had just gone back to Division One two years before. And the Sonics were still there, so I was like, hi, we can get season tickets to the Sonics. Yeah. And the Sonics left the day I signed uh, (laughs) to Oklahoma City, so I was pretty upset. Um, But no, it was was like the coolest opportunity ever. Yeah. Because I tell so many high school kids this today, that there's such an ego in playing at a big D1 school or just playing Division I in general. Mm -hmm. But kids fail to realize you got to go where you can play. Yeah. And so for me, it was such a blessing in disguise to not get recruited. And to be told no by the big schools, even by Mm -hmm. the schools who I could have played for, they said no. And I respected that because they're probably right. I was not ready to play at the big, big D1 school. And I wasn't good enough. I wasn't refined enough. I was good. Yeah. Not good enough. You just weren't at that level. Especially mentally. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't have enough tournaments under my belt to really really do. I played in big tournaments, but... Doesn't matter if they're big or small. If you can play a lot of tournaments, especially as a kid, yeah, you're building. You're, you're gaining experience. Mm-hmm. You're building building memories, memories and stuff. That crystal so. ball and turn it into a bowling ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Just takes that time to yep. get that. Um, that so grit. I show up on campus. Had a terrible freshman year. Just kind of getting used to it. Oh, I got a little homesick. Sure. Uh, not terrible. Just not good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then my sophomore year. Um, how that affect your play as a freshman when you weren't really feeling there mentally? Not there? When I wasn't feeling there? Uh, when you were there as a freshman? I was trying to pinpoint, you know, what was wrong. You know, it's my golf swing. No, it's not your golf swing. Uh, off-course stuff? It was yeah. off-course stuff. Mm-hmm. It was first time being away from my family and being away from my family farm and, you know, being a, you know, I just, I had a two-year-old nephew home. And it was awesome. And it was not being able to see him all the time and hang out with my family and friends and, it was just kind of a culture shock, too. You know, you come from a conservative sure. town in Montana, mm-hmm. and now you're in one of the most liberal cities in the world. Yeah. In the most liberal part of the city. Yeah. Like, it was really bizarre trying to get used to it. And, and so freshman year, it was just one of those learning deals. You know, learn how to go to class, learn how to get, you know, get up and go to workouts, you know, learning how to not have your mom there to tell you what to do. Yeah. I was so used to my mom <laughs> telling me what to do. I mean, she still tells me what to do. Uh, <laughs> At 28. But no, it was really cool. And then, so then in my, going into my sophomore year, I didn't play as many tournaments that summer. 
I just worked on my golf swing. My coach said, sat me down at the other end and said, listen, we got to get you hitting one shot that you know you can hit in the fairway. Mm-hmm. The you fades. hit it far enough. Yep. And I was like, man, I was trying to hit draws all freshman year. I went Martin Keimer on everybody. Yeah. You know, doing great, hitting a high fade. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to hit a draw today. <laughs> yeah. Let's go and then I'm going to fall off the map and maybe never play again. Yeah. Um, that summer, kind of went through like a, a, family, a family tragedy, uh, a death in the family when I was getting ready for a tournament on the range. And honestly, it just made me realize golf really doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a very small piece. In that I mean, it kind of comes back to when you turn pro, it, it yep. starts to matter too much again. You kind of have to go through that process again of But you kind of built it up so much on because you wanted to go to the tour. It's so important. I'm to guessing you. your freshman year, you're like, all right, you put cool, that let's extra go here. pressure on yourself. Yeah. And it's all about what you want instead of failing to see, like, realize you know, the path and how do you get there and enjoying getting there. I was so worried about being there. Mm-hmm. And also I was so worried about proving these schools wrong that said no to me. Mm-hmm. So then my sophomore year, that fall, had a great sophomore year, that fall, the fall campaign. Um, and to be honest, it was some of my worst ball striking of my but life scored better. to this day. Yeah. But I had great scores and I was top whatever in Division One golf and um, could have had some really cool opportunities and then got hurt that Christmas when I was home. Okay. And so, how'd you get how'd you get hurt? I know. Well, I, I had a birth defect. You know, I was a kid, and then we got we got into a terrible car accident in Montana with my family. Rolled a truck four times on black ice. Um, hurt my neck, and all of a sudden, you know, weeks later, I was young. I was probably you know, ten years, twelve years, eleven years old, maybe. Can't even remember what year it was. And hurt my neck, and I just remember waking up and saying, "Mom, my back hurts." Mm-hmm. As a young kid. Interesting. Yeah. You know, trying to jump in a gym and run and PE, and my back hurt. Trying to, I couldn't sleep. I remember crying in bed. Couldn't figure out. Well, I went in. They said we can't do surgery yet. You're fine. Well, we're gonna. You're work, fine. We're, you're fine. Weird. We're gonna wait until <laughs> <Are you> sure, <laughs> if it gets worse or what happens down the road. Well, it got worse. I went and did this charity basketball tournament in my high school. Tried to dunk basketballs and ran all oh, day. And played like 30 games. Yeah. And then all of a sudden fatigued. I just remember jumping, and then all of a sudden I came down and couldn't feel my toes. Oh wow. I go to the training room, and I'm talking to the, uh, the trainer. And I said, hey, "What's going on here?" Mm. Like this hurts really bad, and I can't really feel my legs. I, I, sw- I swear you could have put a knife in my foot, and I wouldn't have felt nothing. It. No, no. And so then I go back to school. I really didn't tell my parents a whole lot, and I finally called my mom. I said, "Mom, I'm hurting so bad. I don't know what's going on." Mm-hmm. And then I went and talked to a doctor. They said, "Oh, PT, no golf. PT didn't work." Yeah, sure. Yeah. So five months <laughs> go by, and my best friend on the team, and uh, I don't be in my room. One of my best friends of this day. His, his uncle did Peyton Manning surgeries um, on his neck. He did a bunch of athletes. Well, he said, he called me and said, hey, get some of your MRI. Send it to him because you need surgery. Ten days later, I was under the knife under oh, wow. on uh, July 6th of, yeah. of 2011. And that, that, was, that opened up a door of yeah. vulnerability for, I mean, even to this day, you're still kind of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mental and emotional vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, being in a walker for th- you know, three months. You know, have my parents, you know, get out of bed and <laughs> right. help you out even more. Yeah. Yeah. So I go from being, you know, top, what, 30 in Division One golf scoring average to, or whatever it was. To, to now you can't walk. To now, to yeah. I, my mom is literally getting club. me out of bed and into my walker. Yeah. Like, it was the craziest experience to this day of my shock. life. It's like, I got to relearn how to walk, let alone worrying about relearning how to swing a golf club. Yeah. yeah. At 125 mm-hmm. miles an hour <laughs> yeah. in college. And they flat out told me you're never going to be the same. 
you're going to change. Hopefully, you can play golf again. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you mean, hopefully? Yeah. What, what you got a 5% chance. Because let's just walk. Yeah. And I remember trying to get walking. out of bed sobbing, telling him I can't walk because I couldn't. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's really what happened at Seattle U. And I was fortunate enough to be playing a year later. And Were you still playing in college at that point in time? Or did yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I played. Yeah. Yeah, I played. Uh, finished, finished my career at Seattle U and didn't play well. I mean, it, it's still to this day, I'm still learning how to deal with the back stuff. Yeah. In certain ways. But, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the college journey. <laughs> kind of a roller coaster. Yeah, it's a good old college right try. There. But you're still alive and still here, so. Still playing golf, still competing. It's, it's awesome. I mean, life, as hard as life is sometimes, like, it's a pretty cool deal. Yeah. I'm up here swinging a golf club and you know, all my charity works through the military. And veterans, I'm not sitting in a rack in a desert. I'm in a desert here, but Straight. I'm not like <laughs> shooting at me. Yeah, it's you're actually, it's a, it's a nice desert out it's here. It's a nicer desert. Yeah, <laughs> got bottled water. Got air conditioning. And good AC. It's really good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's about it for my college story. Yeah. So when you it. when you got out of college and then you decided to turn professional after that, or did you play the amateur circuit for a little while after that? Didn't play it at all. No? Just went straight pro? Yeah, I said, well, my dad said that too. He goes, you know, like, and a lot of people say, oh, you got you to gotta play well at the amateur level in order to turn pro. To get up like, there? You don't have to do anything. Mm, no, you no. can choose whatever you want to do. In, in my own mind, I was like, if I'm going to turn pro, I'm going to do it now. Why would I waste half a year playing tournaments where, one, I can't make money? Yeah. True. And two, I'd rather go learn with playing with really, really good really players. Really good players, absolutely. I mean, in amateur golf, I mean, half the field's really good. Yeah. If it, in certain tournaments. When you get to USAM, the full, whole field's pretty dang good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in most amateur events, it's half the field. Mm-hmm. Why not go play Monday qualifiers? And most of the amateur events you're going to play in is like an open open championship tournament of the state, like a state exactly. open tournament, open, and then yep. half the guys are professional and making yeah. making money from doing it. Yeah. I love when a bunch of amateurs play in that because then you have the potential to make more money as a pro. Yeah, but some <laughs> of those amateurs are good, but half of them are trash. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they could end up being great, mm-hmm. but at the time, it's I, I don't know. So, yeah, I decided, hey, I'm going to go play Monday qualifiers, and, you know, you show yeah, up on a range, and guys like Lee Jansen are sitting there Monday qualifying with you. Yeah. And you don't feel like you're in your element at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but neither do they at that point. So, uh, so yeah, I just turned pro and went after it, and, Moved to Pebble Beach, California, where my one of my best friends, Ian, his he was living there playing professionally at the time, and he graduated two years ahead of me. Uh, he played at Cal and then at Seattle U. Um, and his parents had a house down there, and I moved to Pebble and started there. Started there. there. Yeah, it's a good really, spot to start. God, I mean, was so rough. I think that was the biggest issue with my golf game at the time. I was wanting to get up and go have coffee and not yeah. not practice every beach. day the first week I was there. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, it was a cool. I was very lucky. Yeah. So what brought you out to Phoenix then? Well, I was living in Seattle at the time. Uh, about a year later, I moved. I still had a place in Seattle, and so I ended up going back to Seattle full time, uh, playing the McKenzie Tour, uh, oh, PJ yeah. Tour uh-huh. Canada. Yep. I was renting this place, and the rent went from it was like two thousand a month, and I was never there. And my parents ended up buying a place down here, and they're like, "Hey, why don't you come down here when it's raining?" So then I was never in Seattle. Yeah, and, dude. And so I then know. I was like, you know, what? I'm coming down to Phoenix full time. Yeah. It's better to train here. Better trainers here in some ways, um, just all around, like with coaching, training, with sure physio. Yeah, I had a great market. physio in, in Seattle, though. Uh, Harry Sessi. You know, he's yeah, no, he yeah, no Harry. Yeah, Harry yeah. and Sean. Yeah, the golf doctor. Awesome. They're, they're two of the best in the world. Yeah. yeah Harry might be the best in the world. He's fantastic. Him and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved down here and got rid of my place in Seattle, and that's how I ended up here. 
So here I Rich am. Rick here I am. Now you're sitting on the podcast, now hanging out, with, yeah. chatting, chatting about some golf. With two dudes that I would never met if I had not made the choice to move <laughs> That's here. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's been cool. I mean, just playing with other athletes like Matt, Kane. Mm-hmm. It's just a different experience down here. Yeah, for my sure. dad, like I was telling Matt earlier in the, the last podcast we just recorded, my dad's still showing that picture of you, me, Starstruck, Kane, yeah. Baker, after yep. we played that five ball, like, yep. what was that, two Christmases ago? Two years ago, yeah. And he's still, like, tickled. Super excited. An old dude from Flint, Michigan. Three World Series rings in that one picture. That's true. <laughs> Amongst that's all true. of us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And a perfect yeah. game. And a perfect, perfect game. game. Yeah. All from Kane. None, none of us. No Cy yeah. no <laughs> Youngs, though. No Cy Youngs. No, no Cy Youngs. Nah, come he's on, Kane. he had that. <laughs> yeah, you just texted me again. Um... <laughs> But no, it's been a cool experience. I, it's 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 funny how, you know, life works in a really weird way. Mm-hmm. You know, good things happen when you least expect it, and you know, it's been a kind of a roller coaster. But so, what's yeah, next for Preston? With golf, just in life in general. Life, anything. Uh, life is uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Life's interesting. You know, my watching my dad get older and family get older, and mm-hmm. it's you know hopefully golf. You know, this in the next few weeks and months. You know, hopefully get you know get a web card and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but corn, you would, corn fairy, corn no. fairy, corn fairy. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, corn, I still don't know what that is. They write checks to their players, and none of the players know what it is. Uh, so hopefully, uh, changes every month, different name. <laughs> corn fairy tour. We'll call it the Nike. There we go. There we go. I like that one. That's good. Lululemon will love me saying that. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully do that, and then uh, I got a lot of charity stuff, you know, coming up. Nice. Right now, and so yeah, everything's everything's good. That's awesome. So, uh, a lot of doing a lot of self. Reflective, self-reflecting, learning more about yourself. Yeah, more, mostly just loving myself a little more. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the hardest thing in sports, and just in life. Honestly, uh, yeah, it's not just sports, but like, in. I think athletes in particular have so much pressure. A lot of it self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the moment you realize that no one really cares how you do, and they'd rather just see you do worse. I mean, I think that's the moment. Yeah, it makes it a little easier. And Take some pressure off you. Yeah, I mean, I it was great in college, you know kind of just having a chip on my shoulder with uh, yeah. the coaches right. and then proving some of them wrong, you know, that sophomore year uh, was really cool. Mm-hmm. But the moment that chip turns into, a, you know, a boulder on your shoulder, which has happened to me a lot yeah. over my career, is the moment, you know, that motivation starts to work the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And so right now I'm really working on that. Yeah. And what's that process look like right now? Of getting through that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good question what too. You, what's kind of the stuff that you're doing to help you get to that that next level help you turn that back and turn that boulder back into a chip and use it more as that motivation or uh, whatever that motivation might look like to get yourself to the level that you would like to be at. It, it, it actually happened recently and it's still kind of an uphill battle. You always fight it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Realizing that you're not defined by your golf game or your sport. Mm-hmm. And for me, it still happens. Like you still fall into that trap of, Oh, I have to do this or I have to perform. But realizing that your identity lies in more in who you are and Bigger who loves you. Than, yeah. I mean, and realizing that without, if I don't have golf, something happens and golf's gone tomorrow, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that. And the people who love me are still going to be in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, uh, like, I know you guys would love me if golf wasn't around. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. But also, the biggest thing is like the power of saying no. Have you read that, that book? I've read, read that book yet, but I know what book oh, you're talking man. about. I listened to the blinks on it. It's and Kane got me. Kane gave me another book about vulnerability. It's and I'm reading both of those kind of simultaneously uh, in parallel with each other. Okay. And it, it, the power of saying no. It's like once once a day or twice a day, someone calls me, 
and hopefully when you guys gain more followers, these people don't think I'm calling them out. But <laughs> they call for clubs or hats yeah. or Lulu clothes yeah. or sh- call me to get shoes, even by companies I don't have a deal with. Yeah, like, sure. It Jack is, Grace? No. No, <laughs> no, no Jack Grace. Um, and I think that's the hardest part for me is I'm a yes. I've always been a yes man with stuff. Yeah, you mm-hmm. want to make people happy. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like the worst thing ever because they potentially think you're begin. perfect. Yeah. Like when I go to my hometown, it's golf, golf, golf. Everything's golf. Yep. And if I'm in a bad mood, I've set the precedent that I'm always putting on a perfect face. So when I am in a bad mood, they're like, what's wrong with him? Yeah. Uh-huh. That guy's an asshole. It's like, no, I'm acting like everybody else. I'm having a bad day. He's like, Ernie I'm, Ellis, having, I'm just having a rough day. I'm man. having a bad day. Yeah, just leave me be. Yeah, the coffee was cold this morning. <laughs> it was a cold brew? Dog didn't like no. <laughs> It's supposed to be hot. Um, but yeah, no, it's the power of no. And it's about saying respectfully, you know, I can't do that for you. Mm-hmm. I'll try to find a way, but I can't, I can't do that. Or like if someone asks you to be in an event, come do, come help with something, you got to be able to say no. Yeah. yeah. Because you can't say yes to everything because then you spread yourself too thin and you spread yourself too thin, you almost lose your yourself mind. in that bad mood You can't be happy. Quickly. Yeah. And at this point in my life, I just turned 28. It's like, man, I'm halfway to what, 56? <laughs> I'm halfway you're there. pretty much dead I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> much you're I, mean, barely I feel the, 56 my body feels you're 56. halfway to champions tour man oh more than halfway <laughs> uh, so that's really what I'm preparing for is a champions tour yeah, there you go yeah there and I go. forgot yeah. the PJ tour you um, play at Ford and hit it 290 <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's a turning 28 is kind of a bizarre thing I know you guys have hit you're both at 30 now right yeah be 31. 31 I'll be 31 this November it kind of hits wow. you it's like man I you know you want a family and kids and yeah, you time goes by fast. Still have a good career, but it's, I just had my ten-year high school year. I didn't go because. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting though when you start looking at it into the broader spectrum. Yeah, you're halfway to fifty-six. How long has that time frame been? Twenty-six years is a long ass time. It's a really, really, or twenty-eight years is a long ass time. I mean, what do they say? Life's the longest thing you ever do. Yeah. That's true. Even though it goes by fast, it's the longest it goes, thing you'll it goes ever by, do. It life. goes by quicker and quicker now, every single year. But we put these own little time restraints on ourselves that we should be married or we should have kids or we should be at this portion of our careers or whatever it may be. And it's like, whose timeline are you working off of? Yeah. It's like you got your own timeline. Everybody develops man. differently at different speeds. It took me a long time to figure that out. And I'm just now starting to scratch the surface myself at 30. Yeah. Well, but there's, the this, there's this like mindset of, our, maybe it's a United States thing or our generation culture, thing. some kind just of just the yeah, culture. Yeah. It's like, hey, you got to date someone for a year before you get married, or yeah. by the time you're thirty, like you should be at this point financially, mm-hmm. or by the time you're thirty, you should be married or twenty-five or whatever it is. To build up all these images, to you have you, you have to be boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and if you don't, people think you're weird. Yeah, yeah. screw it. It's like there's this and path goes- that everyone's supposed to be on, right? Uh huh. Like, and everyone's kind of following each other on this path. Oh, I've got to get a job out of college. I can't take a risk. I'm going to take you say yes to any job I can get. Mm-hmm. And then I want to, I'm going to find a girl or, or a, a boyfriend. If you're a girl, I'm going to get married mm-hmm. and I'm going to have two kids. And then I'm going to put this money into a retirement fund. And then all of a sudden you finish, you're, you get through 30 years and you're like, what have I accomplished? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've accomplished, I'm happy, but I've accomplished a lot. But what have I done for me? So really it's about getting off that path. Doing you, jumping off of these advisors, kind going of off road and do doing whatever yeah. you think you need to be doing to make you happy, not what other people uh-huh. think. Because like Craig Hocknell, he didn't even make it on the web.com until I think he was thirty-one. 
Yeah, it might have been 30, even later than maybe that. Maybe even later, 31, 33 or something like that. It was later like in his career, and now he's, what, 40s, in the mid-40s? Yeah, he's right one of the there. And better section players, one of the best ones out there. He's played on multiple PGA like, Tour events. Yeah. Like, that process just looked different for everybody. It, right. took, him, uh-huh. it took him a while to figure out how to play. Yeah. you got some years still <laughs> to get that Yeah, nothing but time, man. Yeah, if, you, time. if you understand that how long life is, and you just be patient with the process, you can reach whatever goal that yeah, you want to reach. Yeah, you put that in perspective. Yeah. It just takes it just takes the ability to kind of let yourself take that take that road less traveled. Yeah. Take that path. And I think one of the coolest things I heard in a recent conversation I was listening to, and they were talking about when you're searching for a path and you're trying to find a path. It's when you're lost. That path doesn't truly exist, but it exists in your mind. But in reality that path might not actually be there. But you come to this road that might actually lead you to the where your end result is. Yeah. You have to take that road. Yeah. Because you're sitting there and you're like, oh, there, there, I know there's this road. There's this road that leads to the top of the mountain. There's this road. I know there's this road. That road doesn't fucking exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, like, there's an actual road over here. I should probably take that road. Let's it looks take a right. Like, <laughs> it looks like it might actually lead up to this area, and then that might take you through a trail and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different allowing yourself to to take some paths that are less traveled. It's, it's, it's a huge learning aspect. And yeah. it's, it's definitely, I would say it's fearful. Because you're like afraid to take that path because well, you don't know where the fuck that's going to lead. Yeah, but you look yeah. at—I mean, money doesn't matter. I mean, no, it money makes the world go round. But if you look at the wealthiest people in the world, most of those guys—they jumped off that beaten path. They're not on any other person's path. Hmm. They're you on do, their own path. You and, do you? And I think that's you know really hard for a lot of people. And I respect people who don't do that. Mm-hmm. I respect people who go get that job yeah. and get married. And it, but you know, for a lot of people, it's just not their way. No, no. And it's, I mean, for me, it's not. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't ever see myself, even if golf didn't work, I don't see myself working a nine to five. No, you couldn't do it. Gosh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> oh you know, I don't goodness. listen very well. No, you no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Uh, but you're, you're totally, you're totally right. That's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, life's interesting. And you think you've got it all figured out. You really don't. No. And I, my best friend just had a baby. Okay. They got married a few years back. Just had their first child, and you know, looking at my parents growing up, like you and the U.S. probably looking at your parents. Man, my parents, they got it figured out. Yeah, it's uh-huh. like, oh, oh man, sure. it's like they've had <laughs> ten kids. Yep. When they're terrified. Oh yeah. And like that's why buddy Ben says, "I'm I just had a kid, and I don't know how my parents look like they knew what they were doing." Yeah. You were literally trying to figure this thing out every single day. Well, it's crazy as you get older and you start looking at your parents, and you're like, "Man, they are just as lost as I am right now." I know. <laughs> we're all <laughs> in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love my, both my parents are awesome. My dad had a fairly successful, or a very successful career as a surveyor. My mom had a successful career as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And now they're both retired and they're like, now what? Yeah. My mom's yeah, like 60, I mean, 62. My dad just turned 66, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're both kind of like, so what do we Let's do? Let's figure out the path. <laughs> like, yeah. Chipping. Just, <laughs> well, I mean, that golf but a lot of that, you know, just comes down to accepting where you're at too. Yeah. I'm accepting being it's, it's one just, thing at 65 another at 30 right and 28 mm-hmm. I mean accepting kind of where it's just being present being honest with yourself mm-hmm. yeah be honest with where you're at career-wise True. especially I mean so like looking back at your career let's say after your surgery yeah what would you kind of change or do different if there was something after the surgery yeah day after the surgery the day well like once you got back into playing Play. professional golf yeah. I wish I wouldn't have come back so early yeah. From the surgery mm-hmm. still in college, I was chomping at the bit. I remember chipping in, in Montana. My parents, we had the surgery in Seattle, went to Montana. And my parents, 
saw me chipping at a golf course driving by. I wasn't supposed to be there. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a long putter, charged their credit cards, buy a Yachty Cameron long belly putter. Broomstick. Uh Trying to be like like Adam Scott. And I had the long curly hair at the time, too, with Tyler Scott. Oh, man. Total Adam Scott. Total Adam Scott. I wanted to be Adam Scott, too, so bad. I did, too. I still do. Everybody does. (laughs) But no, it was... uh, I, th- I think that was the biggest thing is because mentally I just wasn't ready. Uh-huh. And I tried to come back so fast. Body probably wasn't ready Urgent. at that point in time. Um, I would have changed that. And I would have I changed, you know, when I turned pro. Not being so obsessed with being perfect. Because mm-hmm. growing up, I'd never been obsessed with being perfect. I mean, I, I was a perfectionist, sure, by nature. But, like, with golf, I was just trying to learn. I was just trying to hit the ball and learn how the ball fly and hit hooks and fades. And yeah. And then, you know, when I turned Good pro, shots. it was like, I got to change my game. Mm-hmm. But then you, you, you didn't change, have to change your game. You change, you the, you change everything that brought you to that level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You change your golfing DNA. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. No. And so it took me a couple years to get that back. Um, on top of that, the, just flat out loving myself. It was really hard. You know, especially when you go out and shoot 80 in a yeah. Monday qualifier. You're like, man, why am I? Yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah. I should have taken that job that I offer I had in college. <laughs> yeah. And then... So uh, quick in loans, maybe they'll still hire me out. <laughs> Get my resume written. Yeah. I, I, last time you were over for dinner, you showed him the Tom Brady resume, and it was this interesting seeing yeah. Tom Brady's resume, and it was like... Well, it was out, like uh, a couple of golf courses jobs. Yeah. Um, but it was just interesting. It's like sitting there at the six-round draft pick, He's like, man, I got to get right, I my resume sure. ready to mm-hmm. kind of apply it. And then next thing you know, mm-hmm. he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's just and allow yourself, and it goes back to what you were saying when you came back from your surgery, allowing yourself to be patient. And Kane was saying the same thing and just yeah, a m- couple minutes ago when he went through his injuries. He was he, not patient. He was not patient at all. <laughs> he came straight out and just was trying to, trying to get out there. Throwing he was the chomping at the bit like yeah. you said. Did he tell you the story about when his wound opened up? No, he didn't tell us no. that story. He left that one out. He left it out. Giants we'll, might not know that story yet. We'll, 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 get, we'll get that one next time he's on, on the right. cast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but it's just, just allowing yourself to be patient, to let yourself recover, to let yourself reach the levels that you need to instead of thinking that you need to be at a certain level at that point in time. And like we get lost, especially as an athlete, because you, you see a timeline. You have a timeline of what you think your career you is going be, to look like, yeah. and then you injure yourself, and then you're like, I need to play again. I go back to my knee injury that I had in sophomore year of high school, and this is still a huge issue in my, in my body. I can't bend my knee past 90 degrees. And I played on it. My knee locked, tore the discus, locked up <clears throat> halfway up the basketball court. Two weeks later, I didn't know I tore anything. Went back to playing on it again. Played a whole golf season with torn discus. Came back the next basketball season and like, oh yeah, your knees locking up again. Went and oh yep, your discus is torn. That's why it keeps locking up on. He feels no pain. And it's like man, it, <laughs> yeah, I would have got good. that fixed at that point in time and took maybe that rest of that season off and get myself back to neutral. I wouldn't have the issue now and I might be able to actually move halfway decent. Yeah, it's just crazy when you look back at it. Like man, if I just was a little bit. Just, more patient in that, that situation, that process. What could have happened? What yeah. could have happened? It could have been a whole different scenario, but yeah. it's how you learn. Yep. Yeah. You, you can't, learn from it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't learn if you don't go through something. You go through something and you just kind of go through and yeah. grow from it. And learn you, know, but from you, it. you know, but had you rehabbed that, you might not have ever met us. It's true. You might have, been, yeah. you might have taken you down a completely different path. I might have been, been on web.com. I might, I might have been on the corner for you. No, he wouldn't be. <laughs> no, he'd be. 
G League basketball. G League basketball. I could have yeah, been playing. He'd for be playing the, in uh, Europe right now. Is where he'd be playing. <laughs> he'd be a starberry. I, I never was athletic enough to to play to play basketball. That that dream came into came in when I played some realization really college, fast. college it's basketball. Funny, it's, some, it's like the sixth person I've heard this yeah. month. Oh man, they're like, ah, I wanted to play basketball, but then they learn really fast. Like the athleticism that it takes to play it, basketball yeah. at that end is just unreal. Oh, you just you don't get it. Those guys are just phenomenal. Yeah, I remember yeah. playing against Draymond in high school, and we were, we were just a bunch of white boys playing against Saginaw High. And Saginaw High at that time had four guys going D1 the next year, and then Draymond was a fifth starter, and he was a junior that year. And I didn't know Draymond from me. Was Dar Tucker on that team too? No, Dar Tucker was on uh, Sag- Arthur, Arthur Hill. Hill. That, that was, the first time I saw him was my sophomore year. We played against them. I think we scored 17 points as a team. <laughs> And they scored like 105. He started coming. He came out. The That's first, not a story you tell. Oh, it was unreal. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Well, that's what happens when you go this into the, the inner highlights. cities playing against when you're a bunch of white boys oh, going good. against it. They're, and he comes out. First five minutes of the game, I'm on JV, so I'm just watching him. Our varsity team's getting their ass handed to him. And he starts out windmill, 360, reverse dunk in the first five minutes of the game. And I'm like, oh, my God. What, this is what basketball looks like? It's not basketball. Like, that's yeah. unreal. And then playing against Draymond's team, and it was like, I was a high point with like three other guys on my team, and we scored. I had four points that game. I hit a jump hook and then like two free throws, and it's just like that level. Yeah. And the same thing going to basketball or going to golf. I remember the first time playing with Pete. And I'm like, damn, I'm I'm not even close to the ball striking level that you're at. I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah, closer. but you can't get dunked on <laughs> on a golf course. Yeah. Not physically dunked on. Physically, <laughs> mentally. Though. I experienced that at a recruiting camp in high school That's for funny. basketball That's at Gonzaga's camp. camp. No, okay. no. Then, then you're like, I'm just stick just, to golf. And, that's why I said, I just grab uh, my stuff and kind of walk out the gym. That was actually, yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. that moment in time where you realized, like, put I'm, this in check. To, I remember getting dunked golf. on by Jeremy Pario. You guys remember that name? Mm. Played with uh, Morrison, I think, in Gonzaga. Yeah, good, good player. player. Jumped right, out of yeah. gym. He's like number uh-huh. five, I think. Back in the day, back in '07 or something. Yeah, yeah he dunked on. I remember looking over at Mark Few. All right, all right. I can shoot okay, but <laughs> this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> I, uh, no. I can't check these guys. This is not, not going to be fun. No, there's no way. <laughs> no way. But played okay in Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could hang out there. He could hang out in Montana. You just got selector markets. Right? Yeah. You had some pretty good ball, ball players on your basketball team, though. You had uh, that one kid that plays for Oklahoma City. No, he wasn't on my team. No, Josh Hustis? Yeah. No, Josh, uh, he played in Great Falls. Okay. Yeah, I think his dad was military. Okay. So he was at a Great Falls. Anyway, he graduated the year after uh, I graduated. Okay. Yeah, he was a heck of a player. I mean, he's playing the league. Probably so. the best yeah, basketball yeah, player. No, I mean, he actually made it. <laughs> I mean, he was like third leading scorer on Oklahoma City's team like year off, year, two years ago. Yeah. After everybody kind of left. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, he was a good player. He played at Stanford. But I mean, even my high school basketball team, we had two, uh, a couple of kids, one couple bunch of great athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, one, you know, he, had he developed a little bit sooner in high school he'd probably have been a, a gonzaga um but he was unreal he was an all-american in naia could have played okay. over could have played over in europe sure yeah. for yeah. sure um and then another kid my best friend ben uh he but still to this day the best shooter i've ever seen him pure shooter i've ever seen him really there. oh yeah but i mean he was five ten five eleven yeah he's listed at six feet not even close he was really really good really good player but just not NBA player. I mean, just yeah, it's, it's just, just not. It's, it's just, just a, a different level. You're literally born with it to play in the NBA. I remember playing against this one kid. I think he played for Xavier, um, for Frank Ermuth. 
that was the best pure shooter I've ever played against. It was, uh, what's his last name? Start with the R. You know what I'm talking about. But he played for Frankenmuth High School, and I remember coming out, and I literally like, hacked the shit out of him every time he went through the lane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this kid's not scoring. It's a scrimmage. And I, didn't give it, I was just like, this kid's not scoring again. Yep. And he was pulling up from just inside the three or inside half court, Steph Buckets. Curry range, making everything. He would have such great body control. Yeah. And he was a bench player at, at Xavier. Like, he was like at the end of the bench. I'm yeah. telling you, the best athletes in the world are basketball players. Oh, 100%. No question. 100%. From top to bottom, best athletes. I don't, I, dis- I don't disagree with that yeah, by any it. means. I mean, they don't look huge. I mean, they're like NFL players, but they're the best athletes when it comes to body control, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Which it's is why I think hockey is probably second. Yeah, those guys are pretty, pretty good athletes. Just, yeah. But you look, at, you, know, you look at Dustin Johnson. He was a pretty good basketball player. That almost Gary Woodle was Woodland's, a great basketball yeah. player. He played at Kansas for a year. Oh, he played at Kansas. He played at uh, some other school, smaller school in Kansas, and then transferred to play. Oh, yeah, no, he transferred, yeah. Um. Great basketball player. You can tell in their golf swings. Yeah. Body control. Yeah. Use their Balance. legs really well and their powerful legs. Yeah. Yep. Do you notice that on, like, Monday qualifiers? Like, the, like this guy's he's good. Like, he can make it on a professional level. He make it through. Then there's, like, player X down the, the range. Different tiers. Like, yeah, different tiers. To oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you, it's pretty easy to tell. I mean, you look at guys. You walk up and down the range, and a lot of guys are good ball strikers now. Mm-hmm. I tell you yeah, what, there are still small there are still guys that Monday in that you would never ever think should Monday. Yeah, I mean there are. I mean you look at them like five seven. Yeah, like, just there's no stitch. way you could throw a baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hits mm-hmm. it two ninety off the tee, two eighty. Boom! You know, after, shoot sixty two, carrying it two sixty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. shoot sixty two, and you're like, man, I had fourteen wedges in these greens and just shot even par. Yeah. And he goes to shoot 62 with seven irons all day. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, but so, but I, mean, I, don't, I don't really think it does. Golf does favor the ball striker. Yeah. Especially now. But there's, there's always going to be guys that can. I mean, Kevin Nas is a great example. Ben Crane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They admittedly say they can't win on certain courses, which I think is stupid to say because they still could. I think a lot of guys are but, like that. Kucher is kind of similar but to that. They, and... But they play their game and they make a lot of money. Yeah. They win some. Yeah. They got their card. And they're there. They're on. They're, they're at the show. They're making it. They're, they're, they're making it. They're where every great ball striker wants to be. That's still not there. Yeah. I mean, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you. I sit next to a range on a range. Sit on a range next to Kevin Na and hit balls with him. Oh yeah, you're gonna. They're, you you take gonna, a guy who doesn't know golf. They look at this. You're like, oh yeah, this guy's a way better player. Mm-hmm. Boom. Then you realize Kevin Na just made like twelve million dollars this year. Yeah. It's like it's unreal. Yeah, I always go back to like whenever I play with Jr. He just he, he's in the one of the I think the Michigan Open right now. He's at mm. thirteen under. And Jr. only hits it 240 off the tee. Plays his golf, yeah. And he, yeah, hey, and he hits hybrids and he, though to like. And he hits hybrids to six feet. feet. Yeah. yeah, he hits it closer than wedges. And you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, what the but how? That's part of the game, though. It is. Yeah. Even yeah. when you're you play with those guys who so they have you know nine to seven and you've got a 60 degree wedge and they hit it to six feet, you're like, yeah, you, and they get in your head almost. Damn. Uh-huh. I got to get it closer, and all of a sudden you. You missed the green with yeah. a wedge, and now you're really mad. <laughs> and you're, yeah, you're playing against them more instead of just trying to play your own game. It's, it's, but that's the way it, it takes goes. I mean, that's just it. the nature of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to start being aware, and like when that thought process starts coming in your mind, you're like, oh, you said a hybrid from 190 yards to four feet. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have a 50-yard wedge shot. Like, I got to put it closer than him. 25 feet. And then you put it 25, 25 feet, feet, then you like get in your own dome. It's like, no, just go play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the biggest thing is just being able to stay in that moment and go play. It's hard. It's really difficult to stay in that. But that's the one thing that you're doing that you're going to benefit from is yeah. that process as you're, you're 
you're getting there and you're growing as a player and as as a person, you're going to start to find that happening a hell of a lot more when you're out there playing because you're going to be able to figure out how to stay in that moment a lot more frequently. And then next thing you know, you're putting up 62s at every single Monday qualifier you go through. And guys do it. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that won this last week on the Champions Tour. Yeah. Monday qualified in. Really? Yeah. I didn't even see that. Yeah, he won. Yeah, same with Mitch's, was, Mitch's uh, yeah, player, Nick. Nick. Monday, Monday in, in the Detroit one... tournament this year. And then oh, Ashley. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, I mean, it's just, Ashley, Ashley. it's just putting together at the right Lashley. time. It Lashley, was interesting. You Did you guys hear Tiger's comment the other day? About, about the how, gol- the golf, how golf is yeah. played now? And it's like it. you just bomb it and need one. Three, four weeks. So to try and get a couple wins. Yeah. But it's Well, that's like Derek Ernst. Do you okay. know that name? And I've heard the name. I can't He's picture the face. Guy. Okay. So he, I mean, gosh, he missed like 19 cuts in a row and then won the Wells Fargo. Yeah. A few, few years back. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I just go from going back to the web, not playing well, to just securing a card for two years. And then you got another example, Victor Hovland coming on tour this year. Ended up playing amazing. He played amazing. He had an amazing season. He even played in the U.S. Open this year because of the, uh, the exemption from uh, the, the U.S. Master. Amateur. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, U.S. Amateur. And... If he's able to be a professional in that tournament, he's got his card. And now, back to the Corn Ferry. Yep. And obviously, he, he missed he by what through. one spot? Uh, he missed it by he missed it by one spot, spot to get his tour card in the uh, in the regular season. But I think he, ended up, get, he the, ended up getting it through the the tournament in Corn Ferry. The, the playoff. He, I think he finished what top three this in that tournament. Gosh, I believe golf's so. brutal, man. It's tough, man. It doesn't like anybody. People don't get it. Mm-mm. I mean, I, and just the mental battle, like it's messes you up. You kind of yeah. have to be like a little crazy, really. Because yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna be, you, 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 it's, plus you do. you're traveling too. I mean, how's traveling? It sucks. I mean, you know, like oh, I think people don't look at it like, I mean, like yeah, you, I want to play professional golf, but it's like, do you really? Yeah. But it's it's it's, just, it's funny though too. It's like the people that look at the PGA Tour guys, like I want that life. Yeah. But do you really want that life? Because you don't know the other ninety nine percent of the stuff that goes on. What was your last? When you were traveling, um, what was that, last summer or this past fall time frame? When was the last tournament run you had? What? When's the last tournament run you were, had, were traveling quite a bit? This year? This year, yeah. What uh, that, what that, what's that look like? It's crazy oh, when you oh. actually hear what he has to go through. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd ideally like to fly, mm-hmm. um, but there's certain ones. Like, if you're going to a Monday qualifier, um, I'll just put it in perspective. So I went to San, the, the qualifier in San Antonio for the tour event this year, and I drove. So that was when the 737 Max, they just shut it down. Yeah. Could not fly. And I'm like, okay. All right. I'm driving. We're driving. <laughs> well, 20 hours later, I pull into San Antonio, check into a hotel, go practice, play a practice round, go to the gym, go back to my hotel room, try to sleep, go see a physio the next morning before you play, go play the Monday qualifier, drive home. Yeah. Next week, you do the same thing. Yeah. The week after, you do the same thing. And then you had a mini tour event. And then you're home for two weeks, and you're kind of pissed off because you just yeah. How's shot. that drive home too? I mean, after oh, the drive like, home's awful. You're I, just like okay, dude, I came out here, missed the Monday qualifier. Now you have this long drive to ponder upon yourself. Yeah. Why do you think? <laughs> why do you think like, half uh, the guys withdraw after nine holes in some of these Mondays? They, yeah, it's I mean, because it, it's so yeah. mentally, I mean, pretty weak, but pretty mentally, it kills you. That's taxing. It's like, man, I would rather withdraw and convince myself that I'm hurt. <laughs> right. yeah. after nine holes yeah. then deal mm-hmm. with posting 72 or to 78 yeah knowing you're not going to get through a monday and you just wasted i mean the amount of money you spend the amount of money gas travel i mean it's, it takes every bit of 120k to travel for a full season yeah yep. and that's stressful too knowing 
man, I got people backing me. I might not get another year. Yeah. If I don't play well at all, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Which you're not done, but it's just a very dramatic way of looking at it. Yeah, you just perceive it that way. Like, here's looking at it. I got to do this. I got to. Partially because you expect it in your own head. Especially after 20, like, you have a 20 hour drive ahead of you after you might have not played the best level, and you're like, fuck, I got it. I got to do this next week. But then you're kind of, then you start to get homesick, especially when you're not playing well. Yeah. You start to miss your family. Yeah. You've got a girlfriend, you're missing your girlfriend. Uh, Then you feel kind of an obligation to be home when you're not playing well. You're spending money. You're tired. Your body hurts. Need recovery. Mentally tired. And, but the people don't get it around you either. A lot Mm. of times because 99% of players don't have parents that played. Or siblings that played professionally. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So it's like yeah. trying to get yeah, them to true. understand because they don't. So then you're half the time you're defending yourself. Yeah. I mean, like the week I won at Q school, you know, the, the month and a half I was on the road, a month and a half all the way up to Q school. Mm-hmm. You know, I played a string of web Mondays in a state open. And in the Mondays, I was hitting it to 10 feet. I remember in San Francisco at the, at the Monday for the Corn Ferry Tour. No? Um, I hit 16 greens. And made zero birdies, and I had 13 putts inside 12 feet for birdie. Yeah. That, and I called my, my dad called after the round. I said, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I played play great. I go, Nothing, dad, I'm yeah. playing so well. I'm so close. He said, great. You know, I love that. I love you. I'll see you when you get home. Yeah. Go to Q school, and there were two of us under par for the week. Did you switch your putter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. I did. Yeah, you're like, Screw yeah always, if anybody <laughs> listens to this and is yeah. a bad putter, always travel with two or three putters. <laughs> Two or three putters. Because that's so mental, though, having that confidence with the putter. Well, just like you said, like when you guys said Jack switches from hole to hole. Yeah. What is wrong with switching from tournament to tournament? There's nothing wrong wrong with it. You can't just keep something in your hand because you feel like you have to. Mm -hmm. Because Rory did that, what, two years? Was that two years ago? Rory's been doing it for the last three seasons. He switched to the Cameron and won the Tour Championship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After Nike went under. Tiger did it a couple of times this last season. Yeah, I think, is he back to his He's back to his, he's He back never to his. actually he switched, did he? Did, did he play he played a couple tur- He played a couple tournaments last season but prior, to the tur- prior to the tour championship. I don't think he switched at all this year. Because he was testing uh, he was doing at the, the British with another heavier putter, same Newport. It was Makes like sense. a uh, slower greens. But he don't think he ever used it. I think it was like his backup. I think he's added some lead tape to that. No, it had weights in it. Did it? I will find you a picture. I bet it did. And when I'm right, you buy dinner. <laughs> steel trap mine steel trap <laughs> but you had that one Taylor made putter that was more than mallet head last year he put it great with that yeah mm-hmm. he had a couple different tournaments but sometimes they're just not going in you need to change creature of habit you always go back to what worked yeah you always go back to what worked hell that Scotty's been in my bag since 2006 I put it I put a it goes the, in goes the, out goes the, in. The, well the, nothing's ever worked for me so I don't have anything to go back to <laughs> right. so I was like <laughs> just pure <laughs> just pure uh yeah, I mean, if something's working, though, why change? If something's not working, why not change? Then why not yeah. change? That's I mean, what I say. What's yeah, the worst that can happen? You keep playing like shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you have that many attempts from 12 feet and then you're going to go crazy. Oh, man, I go, I'm not doing this another week. Yeah. If, this, if, I, if I do this another week, I'm going to quit and I'm going to do something else. Yeah. I mean, honestly. That's true. So do you was, play more than practice, like hitting balls or I mean, 50-50? You mean like a day-to-day? Day-to-day, yeah. Yeah, uh, no. I, I, before my back surgery, I was hitting like 600 balls, 700, 800 balls a day. Mm-hmm. It was so much. Once you get hurt and it's my a back. My back can't handle that, dude. Oh, man. If I, I, I like to try to keep it you know, under 130 balls of uh-huh. full swings a day. Full swings. I mean, sometimes it's 60, 50. Mm-hmm. And then I go hit pitch shots. I mean, you can work on your golf swing pitching a golf ball. Yeah. Uh, I'm also a big believer in if you do the right stuff in the gym, you don't have to hit as many balls. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Brooks Skepka. Big believer in that. If yeah. you give your body keep your body right and if you're moving right, you're fine. If you're moving right, you're um, totally good. Yeah, you're not gonna figure out how to swing a golf club. Yeah, I mean you gotta stay fresh. But yeah, I mean I like to play more so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to be a range rat. I mean, I was always on the range. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like I love the grind. That's just why it sucks to have a had a back injury, is because I loved hitting ball. There was something yeah, about hitting balls that just, you just love it. It's almost mm-hmm. like meditation. Man, you take divots. At the end of the day, you got to look at your whole divot pattern. you got a ton of them, and you know you're going to get in trouble from the, the uh, superintendent. <laughs> right. It's just a huge box. Yeah. <laughs> they start, I start hitting, like, my name and divot patterns <laughs> so they know who was there. Princess um, B. But I can't do, I can't <laughs> do that anymore. So now it's more – got to be way more – you listen to Tiger, that's my day. Yeah, you got to be more efficient with it's your practice. Which, and what you do. Every sure day you wake up, you listen to your body. If it hurts – Probably not going to do as much. Yeah. Take it easy. Just putt. Which mm-hmm. sucks because it sucks not knowing what your body's going to feel like every yeah, day. day to day. But that's life. You know, yeah. you're not always, it's not always going to be It's different every day. Perfect. But yet you want to be more consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency uh, doesn't exist. You realize there's no formula to this game. No. There's just no formula. No. I feel like people are trying to reinvent it and like figure out that cookie cutter system. Be like, this is the pathway to do it, but... Yeah, but you look at a lot of guys like two turns and a swoosh. Two turns and a swoosh. Let's keep it simple. But even from like just a practice and playing standpoint, I mean, there are there are a range of rats who just hit balls all the time. Yeah, and it works for them. There are guys who never hit balls, ever. Yeah, and they go play. You look at you look at a guy, just completely ends different ends of the spectrum. DeChambeau, all he does is hit balls. All he does is sit in the lab. Yeah, Brooks Kepka barely plays. Well, that's so yeah. So like going back to Butch's place, you know, I remember uh, we were going through a whole morning. Yeah, I get there at six a.m. and Ernie's already on the range hitting golf balls, and I go to lunch. He's come back. He's still hitting golf balls. We're like eight hours into this day, and he's still hitting golf balls on the same spot. I swear to God, he didn't move. I swear he did not move. Yeah. And then you get guys like. Dustin, he just wants to go play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Ricky's bored too easy. Yeah. You're just like, it's yeah, just different guys, different, uh-huh. different ways of doing it. Tiger did a lot of both. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Every good player's hitting balls. Yeah. But there are guys that just love, love the hitting grind. balls. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something like VJ satisfying. VJ's a perfect example. Oh, my God. And, I mean, there's legends of him at Augusta National pissing members off for doing stuff, hitting balls all day long on a range. Yeah. And but then you just get it just whatever works best for you and figure out your system how you can perform yeah, the best. Really. Figure out your body and if you feel good, you're gonna play pretty decent. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel great, you're probably not gonna play well for a long period of time. Yeah, switch out the putter. Yeah. That's it. Usually that's <laughs> usually what I do. My body, my back hurts switching putters. Yeah, <laughs> going back go. to that broomstick. I'm gonna get Adam Bernard, Scott. Oh, Bernard yeah. Longer. Bernard longer. Yeah, I'm gonna start cheating and anchoring it. Bernie, you kick me out. <laughs> um, but yeah. Funny. Love it. Cool. Anything else? I think that's uh, wrap it up here. Wrap it up. Maybe let's do one more last question. Oh, Jeff's got Jeff's got a banger here. It's better be a good question. Banger bucks. It's better be good. My mom. What's your best tip that you've got from Butch? Best tip? Yeah. Besides words of word of advice, more word of advice. Yeah, because he did more coaching instead of besides changing her swing completely. (laughs) Grip it in the fingers. (laughs) Uh, Was there something that stuck with you for a long time? Yeah, yeah, not even golf-related. Yeah, I was going to say, probably off course yeah. or something like that. I mean, it, it, the gist of it is be a good human. Mm-hmm. Be a decent human. I mean, every athlete has an edge. 
every athlete can be an asshole sometimes. Sure. You, yeah. you get locked in. Half the guys on tour people think are assholes really aren't. No. They're good Christian guys, but be a good person. And, you know, hearing stories about certain players who have yeah. treated so many people poorly just from a day-to-day basis, like whether it was in a casino or to a dealer or to a, a waitress or to a fan who just wants to say hi. I mean, that's really Butch's point was be a good person because you will lose a fan immediately. Like that. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in a bad mood, you're going to lose a fan if you treat them poorly because they don't get it. Yeah. Especially today, like with social media and everything, you can take a snippet out of it and be like, that guy's oh, an asshole. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just one small blink. When I was working with Butch, social media wasn't a thing. No. Like MySpace, yep. my parents would let me have one. I had a MySpace. Oh. Adam Scott was on my background on MySpace. He's on my background on Facebook. <laughs> That's it's still active. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that was, I hope it is. That was his best advice, honestly. Oh, Hearing his there. stories is like, you put these guys on such a pedestal. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what you do on the golf course doesn't really matter. No. no, I mean, who you are to other... I mean, there's a reason why the, the most popular players ever don't have the most wins ever. Yeah. Arnold Palmer, great player. He won a lot. Let's not, sure, be, let's not sugarcoat it. I, I, I was but thinking Phil. Why is he more example. popular than Jack? Because Ar- He Arnie treated people treated. well. Yeah. Now, not that Jack didn't, but he went out of his way to treat people well. And every, everyone says, oh, he was looking directly in my eyes in this interview. There's a thousand people looking at him, but he was looking at me. Yeah, yep. Like, just had that, that ambient, like that, that vibe to him. But if you want that vibe, you can create that. Yeah, I think Phil is probably that prime example of a player that does it on tour currently, currently and he's done yeah. it for a long period of time. A long time. People love him. People love Phil. I mean, before Cooch's deal. Or so now the last couple, two yeah, years. Cooch. Him and Tiger, too, as well. They both seem more grateful. That they, they can just Yeah. That they can yeah. just play the game and they're not like going head to head. I think Tiger's probably realized that golf really doesn't matter as much as he thought, used to think I, it did. Yeah, because it was kids. Yeah, kids and just fought out everything people. Else he's people. <laughs> yeah. The mortality thing is a real thing. Golfing mortality. You know, once your game's done, it's done. Once your body's done, it's done. You know, once it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Next path. Whether you're 29, 30, 50, 60, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's your time's up. So that was Butch's thing. Once your career's over, who are you going to be? Yeah. We can't swing a golf club anymore? Who is that person? Who are you? Yeah. Who's your, what's your identity? Is, that's it as a, is it as a golfer or is it as a person? That's so that's, that's Butch's deal. That was probably the best advice I got from him. I remember we were sitting right by the window at Rio Seco and telling me that. There's a group of people there. So. Nice. I love it. So <clears> that's good. So, so who's Preston then? Who's Preston? Uh, depends on who you ask. I'm, ask, I'm asking. I'm asking the one Preston person that matters. Himself, the one that matters uh, most. I'm, if, you're, uh, if, you're, if you're taking that, if you're using that as a as a big piece of advice. Then. Oh man, I, people, I I think I like reputation wise, I've done a decent job. There's always somebody that's gonna hate you for no reason or for a reason if you do something stupid. Um, uh, for me, I'm the most imperfect human of all time. I'm a perfectionist, and I'm trying to figure out how to not be a perfectionist. And I think that that's the biggest battle of my life even with relationships and with either my family or my girlfriend or uh, my friends like you guys, you know, being vulnerable and letting them see all sides of you because if you hide that and hide it and hide it and hide it, you know, at some point that person's going to come out and then they're not, they're going to think something's way worse. And and yeah, so who I am is, I mean, I I love people. I love my family and friends and, you know, I've got, I got a great girl in my life and a woman I should say probably. I mean, she's awesome, but I have a great team too. You know, for the first time in my life, I feel like I've got a great, complete team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My parents are in full support um, of what I'm doing. 
you guys are in full support of what I'm doing. Uh, trainers are in full support. Uh, whoever that, you know, Nathan or Spencer or Jimmy or whoever it is. And uh, I, I think people have an understanding that I'm a work in progress and I'm harder on myself than they're ever going to be on me. Yeah. So oh, these absolutely. people don't need to be yep. hard on me. That's why I try to convey. It's like, just be nice to me. Just be nice. Just treat me like a princess. I'll be good. <laughs> I'll be uh, because I I'm already, already my, myself. I'm my biggest critic yep. to a oh, fault. Everybody is. Yeah, and, everybody but you is. have to realize that in order to not change, but to, to Just adapt awareness a little of it. bit. Yeah. Awareness to where you can. Yeah. I mean, cause uh, I mean, it's, if you don't love yourself, I mean, no one can love you. I mean, you can only, you know, what is the term? Uh, you can only be loved as much as you love yourself. Yeah. I'm kind of a believer in that in a lot of ways. Uh, so that's that's who I am. There you go. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Well, thanks, Pete. Appreciate thanks you having me, brother. I appreciate it. it Hopefully, fun. I get the invite back. Oh yeah, for we, sure. We didn't touch on everything, so probably after uh, after your success at Q School this year. Yeah, That'd we'll talk great. about that. So yes. looking, forward to, looking forward to that. Nicole, we'll weeks, dive man. into. I'm the, flying straight the to Montana after mindset. that. That that week at Q School. So. There you go. It'll be, it'll be good. We'll get you after that. Though. Get up there with where no one thinks I have service. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> so you're sending all those He's snaps like, of your dog swimming in the pool. And yeah. My cover's blown. Yeah. <laughs> your cover's blown. You made it through. But I Thanks. appreciate you having me on. Thanks again, buddy. Thank time. you. Yeah. It's fun. It's about time. We, we got gotta to get a couple followers first, you know? Oh, man. Gotta get that, gotta just, get that, gotta get that, that love out there. Man, I, I, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's got like 15,000. I'm sitting here with like 800, and I just don't care <laughs> enough to do it. I was talking about the podcast, so people actually hear you. <laughs> oh. Not about you, Pete. It's about us. Yeah. Right, I'm, just, <laughs> about us. Come on, yeah. I'm deep it's down like, very insecure very, about my followers. We're very account. selfish. <laughs> so you better follow me when we're done with this. Yeah, I got you, Colton's got it. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> Thanks again, buddy. Thanks again. Got it.